The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Stocks try to assemble some green arrows. Financials getting a bounce, a key upgrade. And then, of course, April Jobs comes in ahead of expectations, 253,000, with wage growth a bit hot. It's the 13th consecutive month of better-than-expected job growth. Our roadmap begins with the jobs number coming in, along with that surge in wage growth. On the earnings front, well, we've got Apple's results, and they did exceed what most of the analysts following the company had been forecasting. Find out what Tim Cook told CNBC about the quarter. Plus, wrapping up another rough week for regional banks. This, of course, amidst worries about many of those banks' health. A number of the beaten down names, though, well, they look to recoup some of those losses. You probably saw it in the last few minutes. A lot of them up double digits. Yeah, how do you like that, Kamara? We'll begin with the April jobs number, though, as we said, 253 Street was looking for 180. Uh, the revisions, though, Jim, uh, kind of make the last couple months a wash. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because, uh, well, first of all, we're all used to numbers being accurate. So it's a, in any other business, we would think you, you run them through, you know, you had Salesforce, you had ServiceNow. You would never get this kind of thing. So you have to look at the revisions first, and then you realize, wait a second, so the economy may not be that hot, but... But then we come back to the same, these same uh, areas keep dogging us. We don't have enough people working in healthcare because so many are retired. So you're having people who are finally trained. They're coming. They're, they're getting jobs. And then the thing that people just can't stop, uh, they, they can't stop with leisure and hospitality. We're almost back to where we were in 2019. Until we get to that level, you're going to keep seeing hiring. The ones that I find most shocking is financial activities. How the heck could there be real estate? I thought, David, I thought real estate was dead man walking. Not and, all of it. And then mining. Wasn't mining supposed to be go away? Really, people said the mining was bad. I mean, you want to deal with the actual, like we do with the earth movers. Mining's yeah. been weak. So you've got this. They're hiring them all over the place. There's just a lot of hiring. There seems to be. Unemployment stays at, what, 3-4, right, Carl? So, uh, that's true. Yeah, 3-4 unemployment. Look, I, I look at this, and if it weren't for the fact that they, they're destroying the regional banks, which would wipe out today. Oh, by the way, um, what, Morgan Stanley makes a stand? Oh, no, J.P. Morgan. J.P. This piece most important piece. J.P. Morgan, U.S. mid and small cap banks are making a stand. Otherwise, this just says Powell is dead right. This is like, see? So this says so. maybe what? Keep going? 25, not the pause necessarily? No, this says no pause. And this says, This says if you don't careful. pause, we're going to wipe out most of, the, most of the smaller banks in the country. And I don't think anyone disagrees with that. The, the action that we saw yesterday in the stocks that are pictured was basically um, 
JP Morgan, here you come. Here's the next four that you're going to buy. Next five, next six. Unless we see a different approach from, from the government in the sense of a well, willingness to entertain that word that they don't want to hear, which is bailout, because it wouldn't necessarily be, but something that comes to the aid of these banks in a more significant way, perhaps country, even right. some sort of equity cushion. I don't know. But the country, I think that, uh, you know, I think that there's a group of people, the great middle of this country, who never forgave the bailout. Never forgave it. And that's why no one ever uses the term bailout, because I think that that was the ultimate have-have-not period. The rich, fat cats got to keep their jobs, it and is I a, lost my it job. It is a highly charged word and one that I really feel, as, as, as I've reported, certainly on the fate of First Republic, but even the others, is something the administration, along with Treasury Fed, just want to avoid entirely. But, the, but there are those who, there are some who say, at, if we're going to stop this completely, these banks are going to need some form of cushion, some right. form of aid, if you want to call it that. Come up with a different word, but that's the only way we're, you know, they're going to stop pressing because the market's going to just keep pressing even right. with this right. nice because rebound today. The KRE, it's very easy to press. It could be a short squeeze, obviously. But David, yes, uh, there's two ways, right? You either uh, get them for deposit insurance, or you le- you raise deposit insurance with, the, with Congress, or you actually levy every bank to the point where the banks have dramatically lower profits. Is this the plan you're going to roll out tonight on MAD? You said you tweeted uh, no, you were going to... I actually have a pretty good plan that I'm going to do. Yeah? Surprise. You got a plan? Yeah, you think you, you can share at the moment, does or it involve, is it still uh, baking? Does well, it involve land in New Mexico? Is it a most new, of your plans end park. up there. Uh, a know, regional bank theme park. Regional bank theme park? Is that where we're going? <laughs> you, may, you may make fun of me. But, and we will. You know, take the regional bank I, roller coaster. I came You'll up love with, it. I came up with a town that was, a, that was just a stopping point for GIs going to Los Angeles right after World War II called Las Vegas. No, I, <laughs> oh, Bugsy, oh, really? Bugsy You're Kramer. Bugsy Siegel? Really? That's, I didn't no, know. I have all, look, all that needs to be done here is for the FDIC to say they don't have to do. It's kind of like, what, kind of like the Boeing deal. Remember when Jay Powell said, listen, deals are going to be done? All Jay Powell has to do is say, okay, I'm done. You go on 60 Minutes this Sunday and say to whoever's on 60 Minutes now, it's like 47 people, whatever one they pick, and just say to Anderson, I don't know, to Scott, I haven't liked this. Usually Scott, Kelly. To Scott. Scott, you know what? No more regional banks are going to go under on my watch. And that's it. You come in on Monday? I could help. In. But the fact is that many of these banks are undercapitalized in the sense of the assets on their balance sheet are not worth what they paid for them or what they were getting paid on them. But the credit, there's, there's and, not a lot of credit. Right. But it puts them in a position, Jim, where they can't really lend a great deal. And that's an issue. Well, and so if you were to somehow increase their capitalization, either by allowing them to sell those assets and then have equity come in behind it, that would be beneficial because it would be put them in a position where they could go back to being more robustly banks. Well, I don't think that you necessarily, under my solution, have a, uh, you don't have robust lending. But you know what? That's not what we want. We're trying to stop the Fed from raising rates. One way to do it is to have less rope. These banks are lending their darn full heads off. Well, not much as, I mean, the worry is they can't really do as well, much of that anymore because their put, cost of funds they, is high and because they're sitting on unrealized losses. They're sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> no, I just think that what you need very much is for these banks to stop lending in return. 
we'll keep them alive. Well, some of, the some of the encouraging stuff was discount window lending was largely FRC. Yeah. People found that comforting. Mm -hmm. uh, Susquehanna today, as you point out, looking at short squeeze environments, call yes. volume. And then Schwab today with this update about April and looking for continued uh, deceleration in outflows. You know, it is amazing that Schwab has a bank. If they were to get rid of the bank and just be a brokerage, the stock would be at 60, maybe 65. They've got this little, they have this scintilla of a bank. Scintilla. Scintilla. Never used before on Squawk Ministry. Maybe a first. But this is, look, the guy, Charles Schwab is a very well-run uh, brokerage house. That happens to have a bank where they did invest at the wrong part of the curve. See, David, all I'm saying is if you invested the wrong part of the curve, but you were not reckless, Right, then which, I'm drawing the line in the sand on Sunday night, and I'm telling Scott Pelley, this will not stand. <laughs> which, I'm done. Which is the case for is most he, of these banks. They were not reckless. No, they just, just got caught go on the wrong side minutes. of a very rapid ra ra rise in rates. You, the idea of Comerica going under because, it was, because it's in the KRE, which therefore allows it to be shorted, is that what our country's become? No. Do and, we, want, do we no. don't have an imperative that, that and, Comerica stay in business? No, of course not. And today, things are looking a lot better, Carl. Well, it should. Uh, that's one of the upgrades out of JPM. We should mention uh, Zion and, and, and Wall as well. Zion is one that I actually do question. I don't think they're a good lender. I think that anyone who remembers, there, there's been crises that Zion's on I the Red Hot Griddle that. every single time. I do remember that. With hash browns. Uh, then there's Apple this morning, rising in the pre-market on this fiscal Q2 beat. Revenue declining, though, for a second straight quarter. Uh, results were helped by a better iPhone, a record high in services, although I think services were a bit of a miss along with Max. Cool. Also authorizing another $90 billion in buybacks, hiking the dividend 4%. Uh, nice tidbit between the Alphabet and the Apple buybacks. $160 billion combined, bigger than the market caps of all but 35 S&P companies. Yeah, and they'll do that, that buyback in a very effective way because they actually do look at the market. They're not doing one of these accelerateds right now. I mean, they're checking. But I'll tell you, I have a thesis on Apple. I come to play. Now, David may make fun of me about my New Mexico theme park where I got the option for the 400,000 acres that Disney didn't Somebody's going to buy it. Somebody's going to take it but off your hands. Go ahead. When I spoke yeah. to Tim, I got a chance to speak to Tim Cook and, and Luca, unlike you. And in the discussion, I am trying to. That was that was, that was right cold. across you the bow. You, you know what that was? You had it coming. That was that was very well delivered. Thank you. You're okay. welcome. All right. So, go ahead. let's say you ask about China. You grill them on China. What do you get? India. Let's say you drill down on China and how it's Greater China. What do you get? India. Philippines. Oh. <laughs> now, well, let's say you're worried about what Qualcomm said because the China's weak. Indonesia. What I'm saying is you put these other countries together. Where, by the way, you give them the iPhone 5 and the 6 and 7. They get hooked. Remember, 2 billion people on Facebook. Next thing you know, you have whole countries that you never thought should be compared to China. When you add them together, are China, except for the fact that the people aren't 70. Right. And, and so they have been able to have great traction in these developing markets. Which together are faster and better growing than China and don't have any competition. And then... India was mentioned multiple times when I spoke to Tim and Luca. India, uh, one, by one count, 18 times on the call. Yeah, that uh, was India, 18. and wow. Macro so, got 21. See, I, did, I didn't do ChatGPT or not. I actually tried to do it by hand. Shows you where I am. But Tim Cook is making a case that those of you who are focused on China are being left behind by events. 
Of course, they have four or five in China. They're crushing it in China. But the idea that Cristiano Amon, whom I know, David, is the CEO of Qualcomm. Yes, And I will give him that. And that's about all I will give him until that's not true. But I come back and I say, you know what? We are looking at this thing. We're way too, we're t- say, we're way too um, China-centric. I think we should be Indonesia-centric. Philippines. Brazil. India. That's where it is. Younger people who are the average age And massively growing populations. And I, they're I, just... Indi- they're Indonesia's in- population is... Gotta be like 250, close to it. Yeah, well, I mean, there's like a real country, we didn't even have to guess, we can Google it. But, it's true. We but can. I, just, I was trying to I guess. I was struck when so I was much. going China, he was parrying with India. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I go with China again, and it's a left uppercut with Indonesia. I mean, this is just. What, about, what about services? Uh, what okay, the services. 5.5? The was gross margins were incredible in services. And services, by the way, the one that should be accentuated, finance. You know, we were talking about the 4.1. Whether it was breaking the regionals. He said uh, response to that high-yield savings has been incredible. Incredible. So you've got the situation where they've got the best buy now, pay later. It's a good financial health. You've got a great rate. And I was saying, well, look, what's next? Brokerage? I mean, anything. Yeah, Barron's this morning says the timing of all of that has been what they called a master stroke. No, I mean, but listen, look, this was, I came, I came to play on the wallet. And they, you know, they doubled down and just said the wallet is so good to the point where I said, do you ever think there'll be a time when people say, I want a 4.1 rate, I'm going to buy an Apple phone? Yeah. And that um, was a, a source of... Nine. 975 million paid subscriptions across That's the services on their platform. And of That's course, what's I mean, happening. I don't know where it would put it, Carl, as, a, as an S&P company, but it's doing 20.9 billion in revenues. That's just right. services. Well, well no, if no. they had hit 172 on EPS... S&P earnings would have been positive. On the, yeah, yeah. We didn't quite get they, there, but they could have done it no, on, they with a massive two, beat. They had 2 billion um, users, but what I thought was most important, what do you think was their customer satisfaction rate? I, I don't know. No, well, take a guess. High. 99%. So once you buy one of these, it's a lifetime value of who knows what. Because you buy, you get Ted Lasso and... You, get, you put your wallet, you have 4.1. They just added the classical music. I don't know if you got the classical music download that he no. talked about yesterday. I did. But I will. I, I, the I, call I guess. was explosive. Explosive? No expect- it was explosive? <laughs> yes, because everyone just wanted, they wanted them to say what I've heard. You know, and the, of course, the macro environment is te- the dollar is weaker and China's terrible. And it, we still managed to eke out this and that, but we have to take them. None of that. It was a celebration of capitalism. And no, no layoffs either, unlike so many others no, in technology. They, Not embracing hire, mass layoffs, well, because, right? Because Tim told me they hire prudently, as opposed to the other companies that we're still dealing at, with. At what point do you shake your head at the, um, at the percentage of the S&P that is Microsoft, Apple? I mean, I just wish 20%, other, 30, 50? Uh, my, my feeling is the other guys better start having a better year. Because there's no doubt about it, Apple and Microsoft are killing it. By the way, AMD being down to today, after the deal that I predicted when I was interviewing Lisa Sue, that deal's worth 10 points. Because that's NVIDIA and Microsoft, right? That's the two worlds. You have NVIDIA, Microsoft. Now, Microsoft teams up with AMD. NVIDIA is going to be Google, Amazon, and Oracle. You want to explain what you're talking about to our viewers the a axis, little bit more? The Axis and the Allies. 
Right, but what's the same Microsoft, Microsoft deal? Microsoft needs to have somebody rival NVIDIA. They can't just have NVIDIA be the only one that makes What, to provide all the chips they need to yeah. run all that computing yeah, power? We had Golden on yesterday pitching Marvell. For uh, AI. Okay, so I did a lot of work on that. Marvell is only good for the, uh, for the optical. So Goldman has a little more work to do, but that's okay. They're a fine firm, <laughs> right? Don't get there. Goldman's a fine firm. Fine firm. They didn't do it, the numbers in any single line. They wrote off Green Sky, which they bought a year ago. All true. They're doing horrible in all the consumer stuff, but it's a fine firm. Their focus is on growing wealth management and growing their alternative asset management business in a significant way so that it produces more than the $10 billion in fees right now, up well, as much as 20, 30, 40% over time, and then they get rewarded for it. 1984, I brought in a customer who only had a million dollars. You brought and in what? A customer that only gave me a million. Yeah. They told me I had to fire that customer and kick him out. Now, that customer would be king because of, of David Sullivan. And by the way, there was a guy before him, too, Lloyd Blindfight, who came up with the incredible name Marcus, uh, which, yes, I know, was the first name. But they're, they're, Goldman is so lost, it's frightening, except for Johnny Fine, because he's fixed income and he's fabulous. But, I mean, wow. the idea really that you would they're you, so lost? At the top of the, at the, top of the cycle... They bought a company that makes small refurbishment loans, and we don't make fun. We don't give them a hard time. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they say, are open to God. They, they say this is all a very small park. part of our they business. They should open a rich person's theme park. Only the rich, restricted. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> we got to get a shot at David's reaction. <laughs> Sorry, I missed. You missed it. <laughs> Take a look at the pre-market here. A lot to get to, including some double-digit gains for uh, names that we used to think as growthy. Coin, uh, Carvana's up 42, DraftKings. We'll get to all of that. And some industrials and travel and media, Warner Brothers included, when we come back. The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Take a look at some of the regionals going to help uh, the S&P gainers list this morning. Zions is a double upgrade over at JPM to overweight. Uh, Western Alliance and CMA also uh, moved to overweight over there. Along with some travel names, we'll get to Expedia and Live Nation on the heels of their results. Get Kramer's Mad Dash and the opening bell in 10 minutes. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get to a mad dash on this Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. We get started with our final trading session, about seven and a half minutes. 
You talked Shopify yesterday because yes. of that news about their right. logistics business or no longer. And that's okay. So what they did was they got rid of 20 percent of their team. Uh, this is Harley Finkelstein was on last night. This is the move that you get when you transfer your the logistics part, getting it to you to Flexport. So now they're an asset light Amazon. They're all the stuff that you want from Amazon. The, well, not the web service, but the processing, taking a percentage. And then instead of having to get it to you, they offer that to Flexport. That's why I think that this stock up 57 to 57 is way too low because you get rid of you get you've got it so that they have a much leaner organization and they get rid of this part of that really hurts their gross margins. While meanwhile, their business itself is very strong as people all over the world continue to use them to have their little storefront. Wow. And a lot of the bigger companies are using them, too. Shopify is the engine behind pretty much everybody who's not Amazon. Uh, I just think they have good tie-up with Etsy. I really like this story. And it's up a lot, but it's down a huge amount. I wish we could have a longer-term uh, a longer term chart, and you would see that this thing's barely up versus where it can be. I like this story. There, there we it go. Is. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So... This is, by the way, the North Face. We know how that is. Yes. Uh, or even K2, if you look here before they managed to get their act together. Right. Uh, so I think that this is the one. If you want e-commerce, I like this one. Now moves ahead of almost everybody in my book because I was quite concerned about their gross margins. I no longer am. All right. I didn't want them to have to fire. Remember, this is a nicer, gentler Amazon. But man, they fired like they fired like Zuckerberg. They did, huh? They fired. Well, they're like, Canadian. They're usually very nice. Hard. That's a generalization. Yes, it is. All right. Opening bells five minutes away. Uh, By the way, don't forget, or in fact, try to remember that you can catch us anytime, anywhere by listening to and following the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. It may be Friday, but obviously tomorrow, the weekend, going to be important as we watch Berkshire. CNBC and CNBC.com, the only places you'll be able to watch live coverage of the annual meeting. Of course, Becky Quick, Mike Santoli are live in Omaha as Buffett and Munger take questions from the audience. You can tune in tomorrow, beginning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. A lot of questions about, I guess, financials and now energy, Jim, which is the biggest portion Isn't of their portfolio in decades. Yes. I also hope they talk about Apple, but... Uh, Occidental has been a, a creeping uh, tender, and Occidental does have very good Permian. Uh, oil is back down. It, it was interesting. Apple, oil just broke down. I mean, the people bought it off of the OPEC Plus move. That turned out to be nothing worth buying for. Then you had this huge uh, decline, just a gap. And, and now, you know, it's tenuous. It's fighting, touch 68, but it was at night. So usually by a day, they retest a night bottom. Yeah, on pace for the third weekly drop. And this week is the biggest weekly move of the year, as you point out. Right. Uh, it was down 8% at one I, point. I, I wish Jay Powell would have said, that, look, gasoline is down a dollar. That's really good for us. I think he also sort of acknowledged that every time we raise rates, the long rates go down, so we can't really fight the housing. But he got, he got what he wanted in terms of it's too hot. He got it with this wage, the wage numbers. We can't seem to get around. David, you can revise wages down all you want. The fact is, this is an economy that's 3.4%. 3.4%. Yes. I mean, that, they, 
David, that is absurdly low after all, after 525. What kind of economy do we have? It's a, it's different than we've seen, which makes it more puzzling, perhaps, from the perspective of what's to come next. Yeah, and we we do not have, other than a couple of tech companies, anything that's like more than a few layoffs. We're, we saw what retail. If you go by, over David Simon's conference call of Time and Property, this is the halcyon era for retail. How is that possible? Halcyon. Let's get the opening bell here and the CNBC Real Time Exchange on the big board. City here, New York, celebrating 20 years of helping students in New York City public schools. At the Nasdaq, it's Biopharma Acceleron celebrating an IPO today. Really quick, what did you think of the Kenview action on Thursday, Jim? I'm the sorry. The Kenview, Kenview action. Oh, okay. Now, I think people are so desperate for something that's plain. That was like, you know what that was like? It was like taking Tylenol. It was like the market got some Tylenol. You, you got a 3.5 yield, uh, well, 3.2. Uh, you have fabulous balance sheet. You have a company that has every single, I defy you to not have one of those brand names in your medicine chest. Uh, I thought the CEO is very good. I think that this thing is going to be the thing that we remember as the beginning of the thaw in IPOs. I mean, what a great debut. It was fantastic. A reminder. Where, I don't know. Where is that thing trading now on a multiple basis? It's, it's not, not a high growth no, company. No, it's not. Well, remember, they had, a, they had growth spiking to seven because of the cold flu. Call it three and a half, four. Okay. Of which it has, it's kind of around the others, but it's better. I just thought this was a remarkable deal because it's what the doctor ordered. <laughs> David, um, well, it's all the good brands. Well, it's if Gina it helps, Bina. I mean, it was sort of a unique company, obviously, been around for a very long time. Not like you're trying to sell a software growth company to the marketplace. But this was. But a, I don't, so I don't know if it opens up the window in a more substantial way, I, I guess. I, is you the know, question. it's obviously about as plain vanilla as you're going to get. But yeah. management was spending 30% of its time on this and then the rest on medical device and pharma. And that's just a huge waste of time to be on this, this right. business. This business is just band-aids. <laughs> now, when I go behind the scenes and I ask him the fabled question that we all know, which is this, the theft. Yeah. They just say, well, listen, that people buy, there's theft at Walgreens, there's theft at CVS. But that's why, you know, that's why people buy everything at Amazon. Uh, that said, Jim, some relatively young companies, like Bill, enjoying a pretty good morning here. Well, Bill was one, one that uh, we were all concerned about because, Bill, when you get these companies that are software the software enterprise, everyone's afraid that they're going to mention the macro. Anyone who doesn't mention the macro goes higher. If you mention the macro, a la Atlassian, David, one of your favorites from Australia. Yes, of course. And that is the kiss of death. Cloudflare, the macro. I've, I've been doing, I told my group to do a search for the term elongated. In terms of the uh, elongated cycle. Elongated cycles. Cycles. Yeah. And if you say elongated, that's the kiss of death. But right now we have a good market because Bill didn't have an elongated. And there's a couple others that have done quite well that are enterprise software. This is a good moment for enterprise software. Uh, if we get a short squeeze going in these KRE, look out. There's a lot of uh, a lot of shorts in uh, in the regional bank stocks in the in, in the ETF as well That's that ETF. had been down substantially over the last few days, but you can see there is a rebound, and that's just good for sentiment overall. 
helps people. Well, don't uh, they come back midday? To a certain extent. They don't they start something? Start, come back midday? I I don't know. I don't know. They used Um, to do. Want to talk a little Warner Brothers Discovery? Mind doing that? How do you feel? I'm happy to. Well, you want to just go back to Goldman Sachs and just rail on them for a while? I I, I was very proud alumnus of Goldman. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, there's a look at uh, WBD, down about 3%. Keep in mind, yesterday the stock had also been down because, right. of course, Paramount shares were down 28% after the company cut the dividend uh, at Paramount, we're talking. But Warner Brothers Discovery suffered. And so they report the numbers down again. Two days, not so good in terms yeah. of the loss in the stock. Let's give you a couple of the highlights, though. Uh, they did add 1.6 million streaming subs globally. And perhaps uh, more importantly, uh, look at the bottom there. They said, and this is a year earlier than had been anticipated, we're going to be profitable on our, in our direct-to-consumer business this year. Yeah. Uh, and then going on, by the way, to say we're going to have as much or earn as much as a billion dollars in globally in 2025 uh, in that business. Ad market's not great, down 14%. I think if you adjusted for currency, it was down 13%. General entertainment audiences, well, you know where they're going. They're going bye-bye. When you look at video subs declining overall, the cable companies, there's just fewer people who have a cable subscription, hence fewer potential viewers available for some of these networks. That's not great either. Although the NBA does pretty well. Sports and news is still sort of driving things to some extent. So overall, I wouldn't say a bad quarter for Warner Brothers. They're going to focus you on the fact that Direct-to-consumer is going to be profitable sooner than people anticipated. That said, there is still concern about their ability to, to, to uh, generate the free cash flow that they say they're going to this year because so much of it is a back-half story. Uh, they may be neutral in the first half, which means they've got to earn an awful lot or generate a lot of free cash flow in the second half of the year to hit their targets, to continue to reduce leverage, which is five times right now. Remember, $30 billion market value, but $50 billion in debt. Down so your enterprise value is still pretty significant. It's down. It's down. But, Jim, that sort of seems to be the key question. Zaslov's made it all about free cash flow and, this, and getting the synergies to come through. Uh, and the question becomes, are you going to get there? Take a listen to what he had to say to Andrew and Joe this morning when he joined Squawk Box. Our focus has been, if we have some of the greatest IP in the world and we're a global diversified company, we need to generate free cash flow. We have a fair amount of debt. We're converting that debt to equity by paying it down. And so we're on track to meet our free cash flow numbers for this year. So by the end of the year, we'll be below four times levered. There it is. That's the story. I was surprised the stock stepped because we were all after yesterday with the debacle that was paramount. If we could see uh, an end to an open loss situation and just deal with advertising, then I think you've got a compelling story. I think that the story here is much better than Paramount. Uh, Paramount does, the worth of Paramount is the Champions League. If they could say a 10-year Champions League contract is worth more than Paramount itself. But I thought that, I really thought that Zaslav told a good story and uh, no black hole there when it comes to uh, direct-to-consumer. And why he's not being applauded for that more is just insane. They did move quickly um, to to mitigate losses there. Yes. Uh, You know, it's not about sub ads anymore. It's about getting to profitability. Exactly. And he's done it. I think that the stock could finish 
finish my, you know, it, I, I'm not going to say it's going to finish the lap, but I thought that the level of confidence that I heard today versus whatever the hell you heard on Paramount. I mean, Paramount was really a, dis, a first-class disaster. Yeah, we'll hear what, uh, what Berkshire says about it tomorrow. By the way, Disney today, City uh, reiterates a buy 130. Uh, they report Wednesday. Uh, and meanwhile, the Florida Senate has now passed a bill that would allow this tourism board to cancel deals that the prior board had approved. So that, that back and forth continues. Yeah, I covered the Florida Senate at one point in my career. This is more work than they've done between now and when I covered it. Uh, I, 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 I just think that Disney is a wait and see story. I would not get ahead of it. Let, let this quarter, it's a third quarter story, not this quarter. So though, and my chapel trust owns, I'm talking against my chapel trust, but I don't think you should buy it ahead of this quarter. I, I just wouldn't do it. Um, bunch of names that we used to talk about all the time, Jim. Uh, we mentioned Bill, uh, Dash. Lyft is down, though, on some of these margin, these margin guidance. I think that it's too soon to, to judge David. I think he's going to do a good job. Uh, Darren did an amazing look. Uber was an incredible quarter. I happen to have loved Tony Hsu with DoorDash. I mean, that was just a fantastic all systems go quarter. They, they're game, set, match in the category. And uh, they did it in a way that was helped by the pandemic, but just continues. Yeah. to do a good job, Tony. Just continues to do a terrific job. We should point out Apple shares are now up 4.5%. Which one? Apple is up 4.5%. I, I told you you'd be safe in Apple. Um, and uh, up, people still traded. Remember, and like, up 33, was, 33% for the year. Uh, we got a week to date up there for you, but the year quarter. is 30. There it is, 33%. No macro worries. Have you seen charts of Apple versus S&P? I mean, it's uh, I don't have historic. to because I say own oh, Apple, yeah. don't trade it. Do you know how the, my, this, my soul was tested by Christian Oman from Qualcomm, who was flailing? And uh, I'm, not, I'm not throwing him a life raft. No, He's you're not. Flailing. He's trying to take everybody down. Well, two, it two, didn't work. Two takeaways from you this morning. Yeah. Not positive on Qualcomm or Goldman Sachs. Well, what can I say? David what can is a Let me ask you about another one I have to say. that we haven't talked about uh, this Oh, can week. I guess? Yeah. Um, all right, all right, I'm getting there. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Uh, is it entertainment? No. I don't know. <laughs> it's IEP, it's Icon. I want to talk oh, about- Oh, Nate, uh, Nate Hindenburg. Well, Hindenburg is the firm that wrote a very negative yeah. uh, report. Remember, this is a firm that focuses on the short side. The last big one they did was Square. Square, but they which got we that talked wrong because the app numbers were extraordinary last night. Square, um, and they came after IEP. Look what it did. Look what it did to that stock. This is, you know, we're talking unit holders, actually. Right. So uh, it just crushed it. Um, Icon came out this morning uh, in a statement and said, we would like to reassure our long-term union holders the market disruption caused by the self-serving Hindenburg report does not affect IEP's liquidity. We would normally wait for the earnings call, but due to the many inquiries we've received, we're announcing now our intent to declare a distribution, two bucks per depository unit Ca for the quarter. Cash? Yep, that's cash. cash. That's correct. Now, all right, let's go through a few things here having to do with this. This is the holding company that Icon has. A lot of different businesses in here. Remember, you know, the rail cars, all sorts of the, um, industrial kind of things uh, and businesses. But unit holders can elect to receive as a dividend units or cash. Icon owns 85% of the company. It's, he owns 300 million of the 354 million shares uh, or units. And so he gets units. 
and therefore the actual cash outlay from the dividend is not nearly as large as you might expect given the yield. In fact, I'm told it's something along, really, when you look at it with units at around where it is today, cash dividends as a percent of total market cap, about 4%. So that gives you a better idea of what's going on here. Um, over the last six years, they've raised $2.4 billion via uh, at-the-market offerings. That's a lot. And there is a question now in terms of whether there's been a reputational hit to Icon as a result of this report uh, that, you know, they may be precluded from using the market for ATM kind of transactions at the market, just going in and, and, uh, and selling uh, units. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Holdco does have cash from about $1.7 billion. Um, Icon has pledged 181 million of his 300 million shares as collateral on securities-based loans. That's via Morgan Stanley's private bank. Don't have a lot around the exact terms of the loans there. People have looked at the annual report, and Icon has simply said that he and his affiliates have sufficient additional assets to satisfy any obligations pursuant to these loans without recourse to the depository units. I should add, by the way, Scott Wapner, of course, our colleague, right. who's in touch with, uh, with Icon. Um, you know, he has not, Icon has not uh, responded in the sense of coming on, but I've talked to Scott. And obviously, inquiries have been made as to his willingness to come on and combat some of this well, report. To defend Icon here, people love this. When I get on the lightning round, people call, they want to have a piece of Icon. I'm not, I don't think Icon played nearly as big a role in where this stock is versus the net, net asset value than we think. People just say, I want well, Icon. One of I the key Icon. criticisms in the Hindenburg report was they're taking that, they're saying net asset value for some of the of the businesses is far above what it really is. And so it's unclear, yes. though, what, where they're right and where they're wrong. Right. So we do need to know the breakdown. But I would say that the enthusiasm has less to do with the net asset value than the fact people come on, they watch Icon, they think he's a tough guy, a, a good guy, and they want a piece of Icon. Right. And they, so they, they have they this. That, now, that's their fault. That said, you know, at this point, maybe he just wants to come in if he believes that it's undervalued and buy the 15 percent he doesn't already own. Take it private. I, I often say to people who have big stakes and make a lot of noise, well, why don't you just go buy the damn thing? So Shut he, up. He already owns 85 percent. Anyhow, we hadn't hit it. But it was cash worth doing so because stock. That, that decline, if you are a, uh, a shareholder, I mean, it's a 23 percent yield. Well, 23.8% yield. been units. Now today it's cash. It's a different story. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get some comment from Hindenburg. Okay. Just wanted to hit that, that because... You ever um, hear the radio when it went down? I have heard the radio reports of the Hindenburg going down. Jersey. Yes, I have, actually. Kind of chilling. Uh, some travel names, guys, we haven't gotten to. Expedia and Booking oh, it, moving in opposite directions. Uh, Avis gets upgraded by Jonas. Yes. Now, I was surprised because Bookings had been the favorite. And suddenly Expedia, which had gotten in the doghouse, really delivered a very good number. I have felt that Expedia is very undervalued and Bookings overvalued. Today is the first time you actually saw that. Now, Glenn does a remarkable job at Bookings. And by the way, can we make a point, David, you've got to understand this. He does not use, uh, he doesn't pay people in stock. Bookings, you can go to him with stock-based compensation. And he'll say, my numbers are real. If I did stock-based compensation, my numbers would be much higher, but I don't play that game. Are you, on, are you interviewing Fogel? This is a really remarkable man. He understands what a lot of us despise about Silicon Valley. 
is that the numbers aren't what we think they are. Well, right. We, we talk often about adjusted EBITDA, which yeah. is now the rule rather than the exception. You've got to be aware of what's being adjusted for. Yeah. And it's not uniform. And then we have made the point about stock-based comp, and if, in fact, the companies had to actually pay it in cash, it would be a very different look. Right. Meanwhile, we have, we have rallies and things that people haven't thought of in ages. One group that has been miserable is the insurance group. A lot of people felt that they have a lot of commercial real estate. Suddenly, the insurance group, which has been a huge drag, is acting fantastically. Yeah, Cigna about a yeah, almost a, maybe say a three week high or so. Yeah, some of the industrials I was thinking of you, Jim, because JCI is at about a one month high. Uh, Huntsman and Floor are a little more mixed. Yeah, Ingersoll Rand had a fantastic quarter. Eaton had an amazing quarter. Parker Hannifin had a terrific quarter. These are rather remarkable because it again coming back to where we are in this tightening cycle. These are supposed to be disasters, and they're just working. Can you get that? No, it's yeah, right. I'm good. With I'm, the I'm running out of power. Uh, okay, yeah, so what you do is you plug it in. Thank you. Uh, I just think that there is a remarkable movement in housing and in machinery. And if any other cycle, Carl, you would be shorting these nine ways to Sunday. Instead, people are focused on the regionals because they've been so easy to knock down because they all got that huge amount of money all at once, and they tend to put it the wrong part of the curve. Yeah, check out Redfin. Um, oh, that's yeah, a 20, 21% gain this morning. Well, I mean, housing's great. Zillow had a terrific quarter, too. It, it's just, housing's unbelievable. So employment's strong, housing's good. Right. So June's back in play. Well, yeah, June has to be back. Oh. I mean, all of the, we were pricing in 100% cut by July yesterday. Oh, the people, yeah. the, the, long, the people were in the long bond. I mean, like, they... When it gets, do they know that the long bond uh, can actually go um, down in in uh, in price and up in yield? Given the fact that we're going to be tight, we're going to be tightening right into the face of the long bond. I mean, look, other than the regional banks, of which they can be cured by my Sunday night plan, <laughs> you've got such good momentum. You have momentum in retail, David. I mean, retail, other than say big lots. Now, David, when I went to big lots. They had a mattress right there when you, you checked out. I didn't like that. Mattress. Mattress and potato chips. Have you seen figs today? We didn't do figs. That's uh, back to the 200 day for the first time oh. since February. I don't know. I, I tend to focus on it on Mondays after the Berkshire Hathaway meetings. Everything opens up because you just feel that great glow, including oil. Oil holding in 70s, a yeah. big deal. Yeah, and the VIX uh, back below 18. Uh, so we got a rally uh, or a bounce, obviously, after a series of negative days. Dow's up 460. Quick reminder, you can get always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use the convenient QR code on your screen. It takes you straight there. As we go to break, we were just talking about bonds and we got the last major print of the week under our belts. Next week, though, we will get CPI and PPI and UMISH and uh, Mannheim and the loan officer survey. Don't go away. Take a look at the Dow heat map. Only three components are red, Merck, Verizon, and Intel. Apple helping the most, up 4%, bringing its year-to-date gains uh, to about 33% compared to seven for the S&P. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a break. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. I got a SPAC right here. Its name is DraftKings. And uh, I have to tell you, I got him on. Jason Robbins, very exciting. Got total discipline, getting in states, just doing so well. Uh, he's 
labored through a lot. It's congratulations to him, so we'll see him tonight. Cigna, uh, healthcare that's been lagging the rest of the group, we'll find out. And then speaking of lag, uh, Matthew Prince with Cloudflare. They had a not great quarter. I, I think he's worth betting on. So these are three, uh, all of which I think are very attractive stocks, but we'll learn, learn more when we interview them. Do you, do you have a feeling that we can move past this epi, this new ep, latest episode of banking now, stress? We're now through three hurdles. We got through employment, we got through Apple, and now I've got the employment. I mean, and we also got, of course, through the Fed meeting. The last one's debt ceiling, and I think we have to have a lot of hand wringing about that before. You know, we'll go up, and then we'll start talking about debt ceiling and S and B downgrading debt, and how much the Republicans would make Biden look bad. That's still to come. So that, so that will result in some kind of ceiling for equities in the Yes, I think so. But you, I think you can buy them. Remember, don't buy it. You've got a nice Buffett halo that, that everyone knows you do today. And then you sell into Buffett's America's the greatest place on earth uh, rally on Monday. And then we're going to start over. It happens, David. It's okay. It's not cynical. What's the it here? He didn't even listen. That's how I end my week. <laughs> He didn't even listen to me. I did listen. I just didn't know what the it was because he moved around a little bit. I said that there's a Buffett rally and you can sell into it on Monday because that's what people do. Got it. Rinse and repeat. For now. Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.